Welcome to Pre-K Spot Talks. I am Melissa, your host and the founder of Pre-K Spot, the spot for early childhood educators to open up their teaching. I am your guide down the open-ended child-led teaching path, and together we will explore strategies and ideas so that you may open up your teaching to less stress, more engagement, and an overall joyful child-led classroom. Hey, hey, teacher friends, and welcome back to a brand new season of Pre-K Spot Talks. We are in season three, episode one. This episode, we are going to talk all about a day in the life of my classroom. Come along with me and let's see what we do, how we do it, and what I'm thinking along the way. Let's start from the very beginning. When I get to school, on most days, I'm there about 30 minutes before the children. I take this time to connect with coworkers, talk to my para, and usually eat my breakfast. I'm not an early morning eater. I have to wait a little while. One of the things that I don't usually do, which most people do, is prepare for the day. My preparation for the day is very minimal. I open the blinds, make sure they're all even, turn on the lamps, turn on the Promethean board so we have the unpacking procedure. And if there's a special project going on, I make sure I have the one or two things I need ready, but my prep is very early in the morning, as you will see, so I don't have much that I have to do. The children arrive at 8.30 every morning, and we greet them with open arms. We make sure that we say hello to every single child with their name, and usually I have a whole bunch of kids right up on me, ready to share stories or something that happened. I give them lots of reminders to help them along the way to unpack in a timely manner so that we can get started with our day. Unpacking for my kids looks like this. They come, they sit down on the carpet, they take off their jackets and backpacks, They put away their water bottles and lunchboxes if they have them. Then they put their jacket on the table. And then they put their backpack out in the hallway in their cubby. They wash hands and then they sign in with their name. They stamp it with the date and they come and read a book until we are all ready to go. After everyone is unpacked, we signal that it's time to come to the carpet with a song And then everybody comes on over, puts the books away, or if there's still some kids finishing up, which there usually are, we let them finish and we let them know that they can join when they're done. Then we have our morning meeting. We follow the responsive classroom morning meeting style, not to the T, but it's the backbone. So we do a greeting, we do a share, we do an activity, and then we do our morning message. This is where I make sure I tell the children anything that's happening during the day. We also incorporate different days of the week, a little bit of our phonics activities, and lots of different academic activities. This is where I get the most academic during the day. Our activity portion of morning meeting can be something like spinning a wheel, landing on a number, saying it, showing it, and jumping it. This is where I fit in a lot of that kind of thing, and there's a lot of space for it. I make sure to always repeat things, so that way, at this point in the year, the children can start really participating a whole lot more and start taking over different jobs. So shares are all about them. They run the share. They mostly run the greeting. We have kids coming up and doing the spinning of the wheel and leading the activity. And then we have kids helping me along the way to write the message as I write the message almost exactly the same every single day. And as time goes on, we get closer to the end of the year, the children are going to be doing it all by themselves with just me there to support them along the way. 
After our morning meeting, we move on to our special. Every single day of the week, we have our specials at 9 o'clock to 9.50, and that could be anything from music, art, big blocks, or P.E. While the children are at their special, this is my prep time. I get a full 50-minute period. It's written into our contract. The wonderful thing about having a union is that we have a prep, and I am not allowed to miss it. Now, during my prep, we do all the teacher prep things. I take a breather. Sometimes I eat a snack. I talk to my teacher bestie. But I am generally planning, taking care of any projects that need to be done, cleaning up a little bit, and all of the things that teachers do on their prep. Immediately after we go to our special, we go outside. This is why the children put their jacket on the table, because they pick it up and take it with them when we leave the classroom. This way they have it right after their special, and we can go straight up to the sixth floor rooftop. So while it is already almost 10 a.m. at this point, and the children are finally having their first free play option of the day, it ends up being this way because we squeeze morning meeting in quickly so that we don't have to worry about it interrupting any of the free play times. So they play outside, they play games, they run around by themselves, they talk to each other, they do lots of different things. We have some equipment and just a lot of free space to move. We often get to see some other grade levels outside, so we get to see siblings and former students, and it's a lot of fun. After we go outside, we come back downstairs, we put away our things, wash our hands, and we do a couple quick transition songs. Because it takes children a little bit of time to wash their hands, we make sure that we have a little bit of movement and something for the kids to be entertained and to make sure they're not going nutty. That is because sometimes, on some days, we have a quick meeting during this time. And when I say quick, I truly mean quick. I'm talking no more than 10 minutes. This is where we will work on some of the things that we need to work on. If I need to deliver any kind of information for a study, if we need to talk about feelings, if we need to have a problem-solving circle, this is where it happens. Of course, sometimes it can go more than 10 minutes, but I try not to let it. The only time it usually goes more is when we are solving a problem. If there's an issue going on, the kids have a lot to say. But I keep this to 10 minutes so that if there is anything that I need to introduce for a play invitation or something like that, I have this time set aside to do it. There are some days where we do skip this, and the children understand. They still know to sit down. I give them a quick cue and say, hey, today we don't have a meeting. We're just going to go make a choice. After we have this meeting, it is work time. This is what we call our centers, choice time, everything. The children get to engage in at least an hour of free play. They get to run the room. They get to self-serve themselves, almost everything that they need, paint, food, anything. This is their option for snack. We do encourage them if they're going to have a snack to have it first so that they don't have to interrupt their play, but that is also their own choice. And during this time, I am helping kids get what they need, sometimes playing with them a little bit, doing observations. I try not to get heavily involved, only when I'm invited in or I have to. And a have to is when the children are problem solving something and it looks like somebody's about to get mentally hurt or physically hurt. We want to make sure the children are always feeling safe and allowing them space to interact socially in an authentic and natural way. And usually during this time, I'm thinking, wow, how awesome it is Did they do that? Or, hey, I need to take a breather. That was a lot of transitioning before, and we need to chill out. 
But usually this is the happiest time of the day because the children are playing and it's amazing to see what they do. I love just being there to support them and helping make their play dreams come true. My para is also doing the same thing. She also gets a 15-minute break during the day, so she'll take her 15-minute break during this time because it is, is when the children are the most manageable with no transition. It makes it really easy. She will also do observations and she'll help out the children. She takes one end of the room and we make sure that she doesn't go on her break if I am pulling any small groups. When I do pull small groups of children, I try to pull them first before they start playing. And if I don't get to another group, I don't get to another group. I just make sure I have my groups planned out per day so that I know who I want to pull each day. If I'm working on things individually with students, I might try to pull as many students as I can during work time, but I make sure I catch them on an interrupted moment. You know, they decided to go to the bathroom or they came over to me or they just finished a snack. I get them before they really get deep into their play. And this is something I really want to make sure that people are keeping in mind because I'm giving them at least an hour stretch of time to play. I don't want to interrupt it. I want to see what they can do. And sometimes they need a good 20 minutes just to even get started. So after we have work time, we clean up. Clean up is a rough time of the day. I have to admit, nobody loves to clean up. But we're there to support them and we make sure that we're pointing things out to them. And I sometimes have to give them 5 to 10 minutes to clean up. Sometimes it's 20 to 25 minutes to clean up. But we keep an eye on that and that's something that I've been able to do as time goes on. And we make sure that we end the day or the play time of the day with appropriate amounts of time to clean up. After we do clean up, we sit down for a quick story. We always sit down in a story mush on the carpet. And sometimes we don't have enough time for this, but I always make sure that I have an additional time at the end of the day to read to them as well. So sometimes we do two books in one day, but at least do at least one every single day. After we read, we get ready to go back outside to the rooftop for recess time. And then after recess, the children have lunch. At this point, I'm having my lunch and getting a break for the day. And the best part about lunch is that I almost always get to eat it with my teacher bestie. We eat in my room together and we talk about things that happen during the day or we just don't talk about school at all and we talk about lots of other different things. And sometimes we like to be a little extra and we will listen to podcasts or books about certain topics that usually have to do with teaching, which I feel like could be crazy because we're just doing more PD type stuff while we're doing on our, our lunch, but we love to discuss it together and that's why we do it. So after we're all rejuvenated from lunch, we go over to the lunchroom, which is just a classroom next door to mine, and we relieve our paras. Our paras have their chance to go on their lunch. At this point, some children are still eating or the children have moved on to engaging in more play. They are have a little play area set up in our what we call our lunchroom or an extra classroom. And while it is limited because it's not set up as a full classroom, so it doesn't have all the materials that we have in our own, they definitely have access to all the ones that they need. They have a little climbing set. They have art. They have books. They have gears and trains. Uh, Just a few things to keep both classes entertained and safe while they wait for other friends to eat. So this is another period of playtime. Then from here, we move on to rest time, our favorite time of the day or some people's toughest time of the day. I have to admit, it is probably one of my toughest times of the day. Even though a lot of my kids do chill out, they just don't last very long at this point in the year. So we make it pretty quick. It is 30 minutes 
and the children come in. They set everything up on their own. They all have their same spot that they sleep in every day. We turn on the quiet music. We do some meditation. And then they do have some options. You know, children are strategically placed throughout the room. So some kids are allowed to touch something that's next to them, like some of the loose parts or the books. Some children are left alone with nothing because I know that they will fall asleep if they have no distractions. And the more active children are separated from the children who will be quieter. This way, the ones that are quieter and do need to fully rest and get some sleep can do so without those distractions. We do lots of different things during rest time in terms of helping to keep the more active children calm. We have fidgets. We also have a rest time notebook and the children are given one to two crayons. And I learned the hard way this way. I promise you they were drawing all over the floor with markers, drawing all over themselves with markers. I did give this class a chance to try that out. And they quickly reminded me why I did not hand out markers during rest time. As I am sometimes getting things done during rest time, I am always there for the children. But because it is rest time, I have time to do a little bit of extra planning or organize a few things around the room so that I'm present but working on some things. So I'm not always right on top of every child. And some of them, like I said, taught me a lesson about using markers when they are not fully supervised. Now, of course, when children are at the art table, I'm not constantly watching them like a hawk, but they are much more visible. Lesson to everyone. If you do hand out a quiet time notebook, make sure you're sticking to only crayons. Of course, I still have children who have drawn on the floor and the mats with crayons, but they clean it up and it's not as easy to draw on yourself with a crayon. And so after rest time, the children are either sleeping or rejuvenated a little bit and they're ready to move on to more playing. Before they can move on to playing at this point in the day, it is around 1.45, they must pack up first. They need to pack up for the end of the day right now, put away their water bottle, put away their lunchbox, make sure they have all of the art that they have in their mailbox put away, and everything is in their cubby ready to go. This really saves the end of the day from being super, super chaotic. It does not work for me to pack up at the end of the day, even if I give them 20 minutes to do it. It just does not work for me. So we take five to 10 minutes and all the children move at their own pace. So if they move faster, they just move on to playing. If they're slower, they move on to playing whenever they get there. So at this point, they have at least 40 to 30 minutes to play, depending on how long it takes them to pack up. It's not the longest time, but it's just more playtime. Then after this playtime, the children clean up and then they grab their coats and their backpacks, they put them on, and then we sit down for a really, really, really quick closing circle. I get started once I have about half the class ready to go because the other half of the class is usually there. They're just not done putting any last minute drawings or their jackets on, things like that. I usually only make it about five minutes. And this is where we talk about our day. We reflect a little bit. Sometimes I'll show some pictures of the things that I saw the children doing. If somebody has something they really want to share about the day, they have the moment to do that. And then we are done with the day. We had 8.30 to 2.45. And that is it. So during that six hours and 20 minutes a day, while I didn't have a whole lot of long chunks of playtime just due to the way the schedule was this year, 
I did make sure they had at least one full hour of playtime. They had 30 minutes outside. They had 25 minutes outside. They have about 20 to 30, depending on how long they eat, inside the lunchroom. And then they have another 30 to 40 at the end of the day, which puts them at about half of their day in playtime. I would, of course, love for it to be more, but again, being in my setting with the requirements that I have to meet with specials and certain playtimes and school-wide lunch times and things like that, this is what we can do. And I do feel like we're giving them the best that we can give them, and they are focused on the play and the child-led learning and engagement. Then at this point in the day, I'm going, whew, it's over. Even on the best days, working with pre-K and children this age is exhausting. You are on your A-game all the time. You are putting on shows. You are trying not to get mad at them or at least sound like you're mad at them when you're really frustrated sometimes. It is what it is. It's part of the job. You've heard your name nine million times. You've had to give them nine million reminders. But I'm okay with that. This works for me. And it obviously works for you too if you are here. Or if you're here because you're trying to make it work for you, I hope that you can. Working with young children is not for the faint of heart and it takes a special kind of person to do it and I know that that's you. And if you need more help getting there, definitely don't be afraid to check out my mini course or reach out to me. I can help you and coach you along the way. I really hope you enjoyed the day with me and that this gave you some insight and some things that you might be able to try in terms of tweaking your schedule. And thanks for tuning in to this episode. I'll see you again next week. Happy playing.